all my life, but he's been faithful. Amen. Amen. Do you really listen to the words of that song? And just take a minute to reminisce. The song said, all my life, you've been faithful. Can God say that about you? Have you been faithful? You see, when you listen to the words, you start to think, and I don't know about you, but my mind goes down to different avenues. I start to see when I stumble. I start to see when I become very personal, where I start thinking of myself, and it would keep me away from worshiping and serving him. Would you call me faithful at that moment? You see, as I examine God's word more and more each day, I'm getting revelation about how to build a relationship with God and what the criterias are and what he's looking for. Loving and serving God is the giving of oneself. Think about it. Jesus, Son of God, gave self. Do you recall all the things that happened to him on earth leading up to the crucifixion? Nothing he did, no matter how good it was, healing the blind, raise the dead, people always had something to say. So have we been faithful? We are programmed to be unfaithful, but as the songwriter said, all my life he has been faithful. He never leave us, he never forsake us. During our Bible study, I fell in love with Paul for one reason. I love gathering, I love people together, I love to see people smile, and I just love to see the joy around. And Paul, in spite of everything, he tried to unify us. He tried to unify us, even when he was in prison. He was sending letters out unifying us. Now, if you are like me, who, you know, you, you start to study, you attend Bible study, and many of you may have years on, on your belt, we call it in Western world, you know, notches on the belt. So there are many of us here that can spit scripture like you wouldn't believe it. But, and for those who is watching online, if so, take a minute to see if when you read, if you really understand what God is asking you to do. You see, we read the word and we can emphasize them and we can talk about them and we can throw them around as if they're roses to people. But do we actually practice within ourselves those qualities? Have you been faithful? I'm going to take a look today. Um, there's just a message that I was um, 
doing, I'm in the book of Titus, and a lot of things are coming to mind if you go to the book of Titus, and we're going to read, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Titus, and we'll start with one. Again, it's about Paul. A slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's chosen one and the accurate knowledge of the truth that is according to godly devotion and is based on a hope of everlasting life that God cannot lie. He said he will never forsake us. Again, he said he would never forsake us. Amen. Now, in Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin pays, what? Death. But the gift of God is everlasting life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gift of life, the wages of sin, and according to godly devotion and his hope on the, and is based on the hope of everlasting life, life, that God cannot lie. So if God is saying that he would never leave us and forsake us, and we are a body of Christ, we are a body of Christ, we're part of the body of Christ, why do we get so into ourselves that the minute our foot knock against somebody's Spike heel, silhouette, we get personal. Why? Why? You read but you don't understand? Is that what it is? You read but you don't understand? I find that many of us as believers proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, raising our hands, are living in a self-world. Serving God, inviting the Holy Spirit in your life, and having a relationship is the giving of oneself. You got to put away self. You cannot serve God and tell me that you're a part of the body of Christ when you're all about yourself. You're in your feelings. You're in your feelings. So because you're in your feelings, you deny God a fellowship that belongs to him. Yeah. Who do you think deny God more than Christian people? The sinners don't deny God. They already tell you, I'm a sinner. But we proclaim to be part of the body of Christ, and we throw around the words of God. We know them like you wouldn't believe it. But yet, the minute something Chris did not open that door for me. I get sensitive. So the whole worship, I cannot even meditate. I cannot even bring myself to have a one-on-one -on -one with the Holy Spirit because I'm so concerned that he did not open the door. That is self. That is people calling on the name of God in a hypocrisy kind of way because when you call on that name, you have to have a pure in heart. Pure in heart. You have to be able to look at your neighbor. Yeah, I have a neighbor. Half of his trees are coming 
are planted on my property. And everybody that comes to my house, so you don't see he's planting on your property. I say, listen, you get the avocado, I get the avocado. <laughs> okay? He and I are on the same high. He cannot reach the coconut, but he climbed the ladder, he put the coconut on my porch. Do you think I'm gonna argue with a neighbor like that? Let him plant. I pay the taxes, but I eat the food, right? Now, I know that my neighbor sees me get up, I get dressed, my husband and I go to church, I know he hears us when we're underneath the tree by the patio playing gospel, and I know he hears us sometimes, especially if Julia comes by and we're talking gospel. Do you think he's not watching me? Because he goes to church, he and his wife. Do you think I'm gonna get up, hold this holy Bible, and then go over there to argue with him about my borderline? No, I will not do it. That is not a good representation, even though I'm in the right. It's not a good um, rep, you know, um, of Christian principle. It doesn't represent God if I'm going to find every little thing to nitpick. Yeah. No, we have to give away sin. Put it on hold. You know, um, sometimes when I go on Facebook, I can tell what half of my family is doing without even picking up the phone. Self. People are of self today, and it's sad that Christian people, Christians, we, believers, part of the body of Christ, have gotten so consumed with the things of the world that we are losing our mind and our self, and our children is watching. And remember, we are an example. You cannot drink and party Saturday night and get up, go to church on Sunday. That's confusing for children. Very confusing. So if you are going to be annoyed with your brothers and sister, your relative, your coworker, and say you're a part of the body of Christ, somebody's watching you, you're being evaluated. Will you pass the test to score high to be part of the body of Christ? Let's continue with Titus. You know, I don't know, but sometimes when I think of even the book of Revelation, I tremble because Paul being in prison, I don't know what prison is like just looking at the movie. And then I'm seeing this guy, you know, and, and I'm talking to you, you know, in my natural self. Um, I see this guy who loved the Lord so much that even when they were ready to kill him, they try to stop him in his track by putting him in prison, and he still was fighting for the Lord. He still wanted to get the gospel out to create unity. Now, are we perfect? No. The perfection was ruined back in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. God knows that we are broken vessels, but he also knows that the minute you start to read his word, there is an expectation on your behavior. So, moving along, we said that God cannot lie, and it's a long time promise that he made. But in his own due time, he made his word known through the preaching entrusted to me 
But the book of Acts supported it when it said that the Lord said to him, go, because this man is chosen vessel to me to bear my name to the nation as well as to kings and the sons of Israel. You see, this whole thing of about being a Christian and serving God and, you know, do you know that you have kings? One, I, I, there was a man, a very wealthy man, well recognized in his community, and his, he, he went to Jesus and he was telling Jesus about his problem at home with the son. He said, Did I get that right? Because memory sometimes is short when you get to my age. And so he was so prominent, but he was still himself. But even though he was himself, he had faith. And he trusted that where Jesus stood, he would be able to heal the son at home. Anybody remember that story? He said, I can't let you come to my house. Because I, you know, everybody respect me in the community. I can't let you come to my house. I have warriors under my belt. You know, I'm a man that they look up to. But if you just said a word. Just said a word. So, and I, I brought that up because it kind of showed me that though he was upset, he loved his son so much at home, he had put that aside so that his son can live. He put himself aside. So why can't we put ourselves aside when there is a, a, a little bit of a strife at work, school, family. Just put it aside. Why? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love when I see someone I can identify Christian quality. You ever see somebody and you said that must be a Christian person? Anybody ever see somebody that must be a Christian person? And it's not because they have the tie on the head and the frack down and the dress, let me not use my Jamaican term right now, and the dress down to the, 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 the ankle. It's because of the mannerism, how they smile at you, how they greet you. We must be set apart. We must learn to cultivate love and unity wherever we go. For those of you who remember me when I first started coming to this church, I'm not a big huggy-huggy person. I'm not a mush. I'm the grandmother who will do anything, but you know, this whole, no. I'm not a mush. There was one sister here, Karen, but I'm not here anymore. Karen was a hugger. And without knowing sometimes that I needed a hug, because I carry around and I do my thing and I'm just a rock. I have time to think about the, the ant that bit me or, you know, the burn I get while frying fish. I don't have time. I need to finish the fish. And Karen would hug you as you walk through that door. The spirit that Karen created when, he, when she was here was one that no matter what you're going through, you see that hug? Because she really hugged you. Everything just feel like it just fell. I didn't know I needed a hug. And now I find myself, when I come in, I want a hug. So I find somebody to hug. Yeah, what am I doing? I'm sharing a part of me with you. 
I'm sharing a part of me with you. I'm not keeping it all to myself. And another thing that I'm doing is cultivating an atmosphere in God's house that shows the love of Christ. Christian people must have strong love for one another. I don't see you for two days. I need to know what's going on. Okay, I don't mean to pride, are you okay? All right, I didn't see you. You know, your seat was empty, but I put a book there, kept it warm. You know, we need to love on each other. I can't emphasize, you know, studying the book of Ephesians, the knowledge that I get out of it, and the, 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 the sacrifice and the, 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 the determination that this young man had to create unity. Unity. Now, reading along, it says here, to Titus, a genuine child, according to the faith we share, may you have undeserved kindness and peace from God, the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior. The Father and Christ. Now, everything is about Jesus. If you notice, um, most of what we're studying lately is, you know, it's God just took a little back seat and he just sat down and Jesus is going around doing his thing and he's speaking to each of us and he's asking us to do things and some of us are listening and some of us just don't hear. We cannot hear what God is asking us to do because half the time we are upset. We gotta take that moment to not worry so much about the little things that you cannot take with you on the heavenly trip. You can take a lot of things with you. I don't know if tomorrow morning when the trumpet sounded, I'm gonna see anybody. But one thing I know that I wanna be is right there next to the Lord. So I don't have time to worry about this and that. And I hope some Christian people would get that in there. Because trust me, there's too much strife going on in churches around the world. I thought, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's driving me crazy. Because I have many friends in New York, in Georgia, California, and when we talk, stories are coming out. I have lots of friends here in Coral Spring. I lived here for 30 years. I go to different churches here when I start, when I moved here. And I still keep friendship with them. And believe me, the enemy is loose in God's house. You'll go into some churches and the place would be so packed. Because when I hear some of the stories, I'm like, you're kidding me, right? You're kidding me. Your church seems so, you know, especially some of them, you know, they're Jamaican and they're full of ribbon, you know. When they start, woo, I'm telling you, woo, the Holy Spirit, you know. And I'm, <laughs> and I said, are you serious? Everybody seems so together, you know, and, and, and the service and everything. Are you sure? But they said, yes, the enemy is loose. The enemy is so loose that what it started to do now is attacking the children. It's attacking the children. I don't know what we're going to do except pray, fast, pray, invite the Holy Spirit in. I don't know how many of you are strong enough to carry the breastplate of righteousness and the armor, but we've got to take it up. 
don't let that war over in Israel be something that you ignore. Let it be something that brings you to your knees to pray harder. Unity, unity among God's people is what the angels are waiting for. It saddens God when we are not in one accord, even if it's a marriage. Do you know that I remember one time I learned that somebody don't even pay tithes because they said the pastor is going to benefit from it. Like, okay, you're sitting on the chair that you know, we bought with the tithers' money, and you're breathing the AC, and I'm, this is just me thinking. And when the person said it, I could tell that all it take was just that one person to spiral something. See? One person had an opinion, and they spit it out, and it becomes a poison. It becomes a poison. So we as church people, believers, Christian, part of the body of Christ, you only you know where you are. I don't know where you are. I know where I am, and I know where I'm walking into, and what I'm striving to be. And what rests on my spirit all week is that you cannot serve God and then worship your flesh. You just can't do it. So if I offend you, and this is all I talk to even my children, my sisters, my mother, sometimes just casual conversation, nothing has to happen. But if you go back in the Our Father prior, it says you must forgive those that trespass against you and you that. So at all times when you pray, whether you are aware of it or you're not, you must ask that forgiveness so that when you walk into the family, you know, barbecue or whatever, or you walk into the church on a Sunday, Wednesday, whenever, then you carry that good spirit with you. There's so many times that we, you know, we just drag the stuff with us. And Paul is asking us, just be unified. Just be unified. Just put away everything. Remember, there were two set of people, if you remember correctly, and he was saying to them, let's come together as one. We can be one because we have one mission. If we have just God in mind, if we're really serving God, if we really love God, all the other things doesn't matter. I invited somebody here, and they came. And then they left, and during the week, she was talking to me a while back, and she said, how come y'all don't dress up in the church? <laughs> We're from Pentecostal background, Caribbean attitude. So she's coming to church, and this was maybe about two, three years ago. And she is one of them with hat, but for some reason, I told her we were casual because we really focus on God. I say, you could walk into our church barefooted. They didn't even notice your foot. The first thing they're going to do is, oh, welcome, welcome. They don't see you have no shoe on. So 
she was like, that was kind of weird because I say, yeah, tradition. You see where that went? Tradition. You probably, I don't know where you're from, but you probably can relate because even if you're in America and in Georgia, wherever, when they go to church, let me tell you, the runway is ready. The focus sometimes shifts on fixing the hat. It shifts on not getting, you know, the dress, you know, touched with a pin that somebody left on the chair. You know, our focus cannot be on God because we are too concerned with the way we look. So back to the story, we cannot serve God and think of self. You have to deny self to serve God. You think Christ wanted to be crucified? Think about it. The boy was good looking. And every time I see they show a picture of Jesus, he was a nice looking dude. You know, nice body and everything. You think he wanted to have that body beaten up on a cross for us? No. No. His mother, you think she was happy to see that? No. But he had to deny self. He had to deny self because he had to do his father's will. Are we prepared to do our father's will? He has been faithful to us. Have we been faithful? I love worshiping a covenant of praise because when I walk in here, I feel love. Do we have disagreement? Yes. But there's love. There's love. The enemy does not like that. And a lot of times, even me, I've been a victim of it in the past, whereby we get so of self. And then we deny Christ, because when you're of self, and you decide not to come to church, you deny Christ his fellowship of praise. No matter how much you pray in your house, it's not the same, because he is waiting to see the unity that he impart into Paul to teach to the Ephesians. God is a God that cannot lie. And if he said he's going to give you everlasting life, he asked you and he gave you a condition to that everlasting life. You're not going to get that everlasting life without you meeting the conditions. Now, here um, another, uh, another verse said, um, which I was really, really looking at, and it says, I left you in free so that you would correct the things that were defective and make appointments of elders in the city after city as I instructed you. This was a direction that was given, right? And if there is any man free from accusation, a husband of wife having believing children who are not accused of debauchery or rebelliousness, for as God's steward and overseer must be free 
from accusation, not self-will, not quick-tempered, not a drunkard, not violent, not greedy of dishonest gain. You know, that is so much that I just read. But here's what in Timothy what it said. Also let these be tested as to fitness first. Then let them serve as ministers as they are free from accusation. See that? If you are following and abiding by the criteria and the guidelines set, then you will be able to minister to people. You will be able to be promoted in God's kingdom because he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to serve as ministers and be free of the little foolishness. Be free of it. Let us bond together. Let us worship together. Let us serve together. Let us become one in Christ. Just one. You know, I have three sons. They're all different personalities. You know, when you were little, you're, you used to hear the phrase, seven brothers, seven different minds. I had no idea what that means. I became a mom, and I had three sons, and I knew what that means. Until this day. I can tell you what this one would do and what that one wouldn't do and all that. And, and I know I know my son, just like God, knows his sheep. How do I know my sons? It's the personality they portray, their belief system, how they conduct themselves. So God, he knows us. He knows his sheep. He created us. Remember, I gave to the children, three sons. Mm -hmm. So if I, a lowly person, who did not even have the power to give life, I'm just a vessel, can know my son, what do we have to say about God who creates us? He knows his sheep. And the true sheep hear his voice and apply unto it. And those sheep is not gonna go across yonder because the grass is greener, he's going, those sheep are going to pay attention to the Lord's voice. My hope is that Christians around the world will live. You see, Christianity is not a, a Sunday thing. As I study God's word and I get deeper and I meditate with it, with people like Sister Suzanne, you know, Chita, Brother uh, Chris, Caesar, when I sit with them and we're meditating on those words, a lot of things come to light that Christianity is not. A, you, you can't just, okay, I read the book of Luke and we read the book of John and, and I know no, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So it's something that you have to adopt. You have to be conscious of it. You have to be aware. You have to have discernment in order to fill that position of being a child of God. Let us, in all that we do, try real hard 
It's getting harder every day to put self aside and serve God. But remember, when the trumpet calls, where do you want to be? Don't ask me to throw you a rope. Uh-uh, I'm not throwing you no rope. Because guess what? I'm a greedy girl. Whatever God has in the box for you up there, I'm going to take it. So if you don't live right on earth, I'm sorry. But I'm not throwing you that lifeline when you did not hear the trumpet keep screaming out. <laughs> you know, but I, I remember reading uh, Revelation when I was probably about 18. And all I could think of was demons and dragons chasing me down. <laughs> you know, it, it's scary not to be a part of God. Wouldn't you say? It's scary. You feel so out there, so by yourself. I can walk in these doors, and I'm telling you, I can just lose myself in my worship. And I feel sometimes like he's actually embracing me. I don't know for anybody else, but sometimes I feel like he's right next to me. Right next to me. We have to do a better job at unifying one another no matter where we go. No matter where we go. You're walking in the neighborhood. We have a lot of kids right now, you know, parents doing three jobs. They're out there. If you see them going astray, gently with love. People respond with love. People, even the children. School was out Monday night. Who knew that? I knew. I hear a lot of noise. Walking back and forth, so I decided to take the dog and go for a walk. Nine kids. I said, wait a minute, it's 11 o'clock. You don't have school? They said, no, they're off tomorrow. I said, okay. And I even joked with them. I said, I don't want none of you to be my doctor. Ain't, ain't trained right. Get too much time out of school. And they were just, in, you know, and we had a conversation. 11 o'clock in the night. Me, the dog, and nine kids. My husband was wondering, where, wait a minute. Because I just took the dog. I wanted to see what was going on outside. But then I got into a little bit of talking with them. And you really, you know, the kids, when you look at them, you would be a little bit scared because, you know, hoodie and, you know, saggy and, you know. But I just went up to them and said, your mama know where you at? <laughs> your mama know where you at? And they're looking at me like, uh, yeah, we're just walking. We live over there. I say, all nine of you live over there? <laughs> you know, and they just start smiling. And then that's how the breakdown came. I told them to come to church and blah, 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 and so forth. We'll see what happened with that. But it was just a nice little refreshing thing to be able to talk to people that I've never seen. I don't know them. But they, they were not... You know, they did not behave in a violent way towards me. They were very, you know, respectful. So for me, it was just that moment of love. I didn't go up them with a bully attitude. So if we as believers in Christ would just try to remember how hard Paul fought, it wasn't easy to try and bring the Ephesians together. It wasn't easy. I saw what he had to go through, but we don't want to go through that. We don't want to talk to our neighbor because the neighbor is going to close the door because they're Seventh-day Adventists, they're Jewish, they're Jehovah Witnesses. So let's talk to people and get the gospel out. Let's share our love. 
and get the kingdom of God in position to reign. We can't lose any more of our brothers and sisters to the adversary. Let us put self aside as Christ did and be crucified for goodness sake. For everlasting life, let yourself be crucified. It is not easy, but if you love the Lord as much as you say, you would do it. Father God, I just ask you at this very moment that you dispatch your angels, Lord, to pull us together, to draw us near to you. Because by drawing us near to you, Lord, we will come together as one, on one mind and one body. Father, we pray. We pray, Lord God, that as we, some of us are broken, that, Lord, we will rely on you to mend us and make us whole. Father, bring us together. Father, for the families that are having issues and are fighting with each other, Lord, let us start taking this matter of unity in our homes, in our community, so that we can have a better world. Father, we pray for the people over in the Middle East, over in Israel, Lord. Father God, we pray that you will just give them strength and keep their faith altered. Cover them, Lord. Cover them, Lord. And for those, Lord, that who have not accepted Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, Lord, send a messenger. Send a messenger, Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity in this great country, America, that we would be able, Lord, to serve you freely. Freely, Lord. Freely. Lord, let us use this opportunity to build our faith, to strengthen each other, as you said, iron sharpens iron. Do not let us take this moment, Lord, given to us for granted. For the time is coming, Lord, when we may not have the opportunity to even read your word. So let us take this opportunity, Lord, to bury it in our heart and in our spirit, man. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We pray for each and every one here tonight, Lord, that you will just protect us, cover us, draw us closer to you. We're not here because we like each other, Lord. We're here because of you, one accord. You are the reason why we're here. Lord, we pray for our pastor, we pray that you'll continue to strengthen him, Lord, because you've not yet done with the work that he has to do. Father God, we thank you for this sanctuary. We thank you, Lord, for this place. And we always welcome your Holy Spirit here. We pray for the praise and worship team, Lord, that you will always give them a new song. Give them a new song, Lord. Father, we pray for everyone around the world that they will come to know you, create a situation or a position or send a messenger. But Lord, the race is here to be run. 
your time is coming and Lord, we just want to be good stewards for you. Father God, we thank you and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.